Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. We are so excited because our book is here. Yay! I feel like we need sound effects of like, I was going to say fireworks, but I'm not a big supporter of fireworks because they are petrifying to animals and traumatizing to some people as well. (laughs) (laughs) So celebratory noises with no harm to people, animals, or the environment. Picture that, listeners. (laughs) Maybe bubbles. Like someone's blowing bubbles. That's a good idea. I'm sure there's got probably something wrong with bubbles too. Bubbles in eco-friendly biodegradable packaging (laughs) that have the... Okay, so here's what that sound would be. It's our book is here. (laughs) 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 The the least exciting. Okay. Anyway, welcome everybody. (laughs) Me too. Welcome everyone to this episode. We are doing a deep dive into this episode of our cookbook, really taking you behind the scenes, what it was like to write a book, what it was like to write a book together, to publish a book during these times of COVID and the pandemic, which has really flipped the game upside down. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what to expect in our book, what some of our favorite recipes that are the ones we hope you will turn to very, very first when you get our book and so much more. Michelle, will you talk a little bit about what inspired us to write this book? Absolutely. We wrote the Friendly Vegan Cookbook because we wanted to create the ultimate vegan cookbook. We wanted a book with really easy to make recipes that are good enough to wow even the most skeptical meat lovers. We wanted a book that every recipe had a really delicious, drool-worthy photo with it that would entice you to get cooking in the kitchen. We wanted a book with rigorously tested recipes that come out perfectly every time you make them. And that's what we have created with the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. It's a celebration of delicious and kind and sustainable and nourishing vegan food. And we just can't wait to get a copy in everyone's hands. It was so fun writing a cookbook with Michelle. You never know when you're going to start a big project with someone who you love, whether it's your family member, your best friend, your partner. It may not go smoothly. And there are a lot of things that come up and you hope that you can work through them together. And I just felt like Michelle and I did such a good job. Pat on your back, Michelle, pat on my back uh, of working through some tough timelines and some uh, tough situations. Michelle was pregnant and she was really sick for the first part of our cookbook. And so do you want to share what that was like, Michelle? (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, warm, fuzzy feelings. Thank you, Tony. I feel the same way. I feel so lucky to work on this project with you and all the projects that we've created have been so much fun to bring to life. And yes, I was pregnant when we wrote this book. That's the thing. It's kind of like in anything you do in life, you're like, I'm going to wait till the perfect time to write a book when projects are not crazy and life is not crazy. And I have a year where I can kind of take, take the pedal off everything else. And and then focus fully on this project. But that that never really happens. And so soon after we decided to write a book, I was having a baby. <laughs> and when we were in the heart of recipe testing, which went on for a good amount of time, thankfully, but right in the heart of it, I morning sickness hit. For a good two and a half months, I could barely look at the refrigerator, let alone like open the door, play with food, be 
cooking things up in the kitchen. So I had to take a serious step back and like wait in order to be able to diving into this project that I was so eager to dive into. And even my husband, Dan, shout out to you, stepped in and helped like cook and test some of the recipes. The way that we wrote this book was really fun. A lot of times when you write a cookbook, you're all on your own. So that means you're developing the recipes, you're testing them by yourself. If you're lucky, you have a team around you to support you. But with Tony and I, we got to share the load, but also every time I would create a recipe, then it would go to Tony to make, and then she could make her like her her little improvements. And then it would go back to me to test. And then it would go to... We had over 100 recipe testers that would then receive these recipes to play with and optimize. And to have that camaraderie and that sort of double validation of if it wasn't a recipe that both exceeded our expectations in both Tony's kitchen and my own, it was cut from the book. And I, I just really love that experience of being able to to support each other in that. And it was very weird to be doing that while pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and by one of us creating and then the other cre- testing and then going back, sometimes that happened like seven times until we made it perfect. I know Michelle really, really perfected the stuffed shells. We ate stuffed shells every day for like a month, I feel like. Yeah. And then we perfected it and we we're like, oh, we want to feature this on our in one of our lifestyle images. So we made it again. <laughs> yep, that was fun. And uh and I actually am craving stuffed shells now. Me too. It has been enough time. It one of my favorite things about our book already is that we're constantly cooking out of it still, even though we've made these dishes a hundred times. We're still cooking out of all the time, which I I love. But yes, if anyone out there is working on projects relating around food whilst pregnant, there are some tough times, but then there are some really great times. Once I entered second trimester and I was no longer extremely nauseous all day, every day to the point of almost hurling, I started feeling really good and really hungry and wanting to spend all of my time in the kitchen. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel, my fellow pregnant friends. (laughs) It actually made me really happy that we had decided to hire a photographer because it ended up working out so perfectly. Now that now that I know how things played out and how you were pregnant and not feeling well, I'm so glad that you didn't have to, in addition to all the work that you had to do that was uncomfortable, like recipe testing and standing up, then take all of the photos. So we ended up hiring our friend Zorro, who did a fabulous job. Yeah, he is amazing. He's done a lot of food photography work with both Tony and myself for Plant Based on a Budget and World of Vegan. And we've just so loved his work. And it was a weird decision to make that was made partly because I was pregnant because I am a food photographer and I have such a strong love of aesthetics. And part of wanting to write a cookbook with Tony was I was picturing taking all of the photos. So it was weird to think about passing that off to someone else. But One of the things I felt strongly about is if we were to do that, I wanted to find someone whose photos would be leaps and bounds better than anything I could ever take. And that is Zorro. Like his photos are so gorgeous. I'm always like, how did you even, how did you even capture this so beautifully? So he did such an incredible job. Zorro, if you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And yeah, at the beginning of the project, I was in my normal shape. But I knew I was going to have a growing belly. So it wasn't only like, 
you're exhausted that you don't want to take photos. But also, I was worried that my camera wouldn't be able to see over my belly by the time all of our recipes were developed and ready to be photographed. Oh my gosh. It just looks so good. His photos are so beautiful. You can see them on uh, friendlyveancookbook.com. We have a, a preview of our cookbook. And if you already bought it, then of course you can see it there. Yeah. And the other awesome thing is that by bringing in another team member to help with the food photos, it made it so that we were able to focus even more on perfecting the recipes. And ultimately, that's what was the most important to us was to make sure that we had recipes that would be loved, that would work out in everyone's kitchen. And it was a really interesting experience. This is, Tony has two books before this. This is her third traditionally published cookbook. It is my first time going through extensive recipe testing. And it was such a fascinating experience. We would both perfect a recipe that we both loved. And then we would send it to our recipe testers. And the first one would come back. This was the best recipe I've ever had. I love it. I want to make it all the time. This will be a regular in my kitchen. (laughs) And then the next person would be like, there was too much salt. I gave it to my dog and even my dog wouldn't eat it. And it was just really fascinating seeing how different people have vastly different flavor preferences, taste preferences, saltiness preferences. And it made it really challenging to make a book that we knew people would love. But it was also such a learning experience. Both Tony and I run recipe blogs. And for World of Vegan, I've been publishing recipes for so long, and I never put them through an extensive testing process because I didn't... I thought if I made it and I loved it, everyone will love it. But since writing our cookbook, we've started recipe testing our world of vegan recipes. So now we have a whole bunch of volunteer recipe testers who test our recipes, give their feedback. And a lot of them, if they don't come out well, we don't publish them or we change them and send them again through recipe testing to perfect them. So it's a whole extensive process, but it's something that for Tony and I, the purpose of this book is not to write and publish a cookbook. The purpose of this book is to make vegan and plant-based living delicious and fun and accessible for people. And for myself, with my cookbook experience, it's been really hit or miss. A lot of times I'll I'll go to the grocery store, get things to make things from a cookbook, and it won't come out. And that experience is so devastating when you're when you're actually trying to make something delicious, put in the effort to make something from a cookbook and it doesn't come out well. We were just both like, we don't want anyone to have to feel like that. So my hope is that all of you making things from our book will have great experiences all the time. And aside from knowing that our recipes are well-loved by the many people who tried them, it was nice to have that process with those people who are part of our audience, who are part of our family. We brought in all types of people from our community to help us with this cookbook. And that was really nice. Even some of our listeners tested the recipes. Yes. And I love that what those recipe testers were like, represented such a diverse group of people. Some had never cooked before. Some were living in areas where it was really hard to access all different types of food. Some were old, some were young, some were diehard vegan haters, <laughs> some were <laughs> some were longtime <laughs> vegans. And it was just really all over the board. So we wanted to make sure that we were getting varied feedback and that these recipes would work no matter where you step into them from. And so that was so cool. We're so grateful for everyone who volunteered to recipe test for our cookbook and to have had such diversity involved in that. 
Another way we brought our friends and family along on this journey was through inviting people we knew who had the best, ultimate best, best, best versions to exist of a certain recipe, inviting them to share that in our book. So if Michelle and I knew that we couldn't get something better than we've already had it from someone else, we invited those people to share what they've already perfected. And I'm so excited about that. Some people we very much admire. It's interesting how we came about doing that because that wasn't in our initial plans for writing our book. We planned to create all of the recipes ourselves, but the first step with our book was we outlined all of the recipes that we wanted to create, to develop. And so some of those, like one of those for me was I wanted to create an artichoke dip for our book because I love making artichoke dip. And my go-to was one from Chloe Coscarelli's book, Chloe's Kitchen, which I've been making for like a decade. And I bring to events, everyone loves it all the time. So I was like, oh, I'm going to create an artichoke dip now. And I did recipe test and try and develop a recipe that I was going to like even more. And every time I thought, this is delicious, but Chloe's is better. So Chloe Coscarelli, who's actually wrote the foreword of our book. Thank you, Chloe. We asked her if we could feature her recipe in our book because it is the best artichoke dip that there is. And so she allowed us to, which is so sweet. And then we have a couple recipes featured by people you may already know and love, like Chloe Coscarelli, like Colleen Patrick-Goudreau, and then other people in our life who are not bloggers. They're not, they don't have a platform. They don't have these recipes shared or published anywhere, but they're home family recipes from friends that we know make just incredible food. And so it was really cool to feature a few of those dishes as well. Yes, shout out to my mother-in-law, Jolene Shapiro, who has this fantastic ice cream cake that I love so much. She would make it at every celebration and I very much miss that. Yes, shout out to my friend Michael who has his collard greens recipe in here. Shout out to my bee paw who passed away while we were writing this book, but he was such an incredible, uh, first of all, recipe tester. He was supporting me throughout He'd be on the phone with me as I was recipe, as I was creating recipes and cooking and was just such a part of this. And we also have a recipe that he that veganized from my grandma's cookies that is so good. So good. His cookies are so good. So we have a lot that are really special to us and we hope they'll be special in your homes as well. That makes me think it's extra special because I miss Greg and I'm glad that he was able to be part of this journey with us. Yeah. It, Makes me so sad that he won't be here to see it actually come to life, but it is really meaningful to have a piece of him in this chapter of my life where he was so present. For any of you who listen to this podcast, we've done a a couple episodes, one with him on the podcast and one a memorial episode, but he was just such a presence in my life for two years. We came, became best friends and he we worked together. He worked with World of Vegan. He supported all of the work that Tony and I did. He was like one of our number one fans. And so shout out to you, Bipa. This is for you. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to the episodes, they're really special. Uh, and I feel like especially that first one we did with him, you can really feel the connection that he and Michelle had. And I think that it's it's, it's very beautiful connection. About recipes, Michelle, which are your favorite? It's like, I know it's like asking, tell me your favorite child. 
because yeah, I find one hundred children. <laughs> if you had one hundred children, would you tell me which one was your favorite? Well, my personal favorite is the fettuccine alfredo, Fredo, because I kind of blew my own mind creating that recipe. It was one of those I sort of happened <laughs> into it by running out of ingredients trying to make something else, and it ended up being spot on fettuccine alfredo like the thick creamy delicious dish I used to eat as a kid that was one of my favorites it's made with almonds that you blend to create like a a cream sauce and a whole bunch of other simple ingredients that you mix together and cook up to create the most delicious fettuccine alfredo so I love that one and I also love I mean we have really simple recipes that I just make at least every week in my life one of them is the chocolate peanut butter milkshake it's only in four ingredients and it takes like five minutes or less to blend up and you have a shake that is actually healthy. So healthy that I eat it often for breakfast. In fact, it's a great alternative to coffee because you can use just cocoa powder, which has some caffeine in it, also loaded with antioxidants and you're getting peanut butter protein in there and you're getting bananas, some nice fruit to start your morning. So I really love our chocolate peanut butter milkshake. What about you, Tony? I have a special place in my heart for soups. So pretty much every soup in this book is my favorite. But if I had to pick one, I would say the ramen. The broth is a creamy broth and it's so perfect and savory and fresh noodles are the best. So that might be my favorite. But as the holidays approach, I'm really looking forward to all of the traditional holiday dishes that we have perfected in the recipe like mashed potatoes and gravy and pumpkin pie and green bean casserole. Those are all making me salivate right now as I think of planning my Thanksgiving meal. I just made the green bean casserole again recently and it was so good. And another one that's great for the holidays is Tony's mac and cheese in the book. Oh, it is so good. You can make a huge big basically casserole dish of it. You can prep it in advance and then bake it right before you're going to pull it out for the holidays or whatever. You can make a big batch and eat it through the week. It is just so delicious. And I have to second Tony's ramen. Tony and my friendship sort of developed over ramen. Well, it developed over hot noodle soup. We used to either get udon noodle soup or ramen when we were celebrating or when we were sad or when we just needed to just talk or just so much of our friendship was over noodle soup. And so to have a recipe in the book that has really brought all of the flavors and comfort that we used to have to go out for to get, to now be able to make that in our own homes is really special. Great job, Tony. Uh, I know that was a hard one to develop. So good job. (laughs) Thank you. So the weirdest thing about writing the book has been the time in which we're writing it. Everything is changing for everyone right now in pandemic times, for sure. But a lot has looked very different than we expected in writing a book, especially now that our book is out. We would normally be going on a book tour. What the heck is happening now, Tony? (laughs) I know we would be going on a book tour. We would be having a party. Michelle and I have done a lot of projects together in the past, and we've never really celebrated what we have created together. And so I thought, this is it, Michelle, we're going to, we can rent a little venue and invite all of our friends and family to celebrate this accomplishment with us. And so now we can't do that. 
I feel like we should do that one. Maybe it'll be the one year or two year, whenever this pandemic ends, five year anniversary of our book. We gotta, we gotta have a celebratory party because we started planning that a year ago. <laughs> like it was like, oh, we're writing a book. We got a book deal. Cool. Let's plan the party. <laughs> so it is, it is really sad that that didn't happen, but we've been finding so many cool things to do that are different. Also media appearances for Tony's last book. She spent months of her life traveling, getting on and off planes like every few days to do different television appearances. And so with this book, we expected to be doing the same thing. I not so much because I have a little baby, but Tony was for sure expecting to do a lot of that. And that's looked very different. So what what do those experiences look like now, Tony? Well, they are interesting. I will say this, as someone who is more introverted, I do appreciate getting to do everything from my house. And I only run into one person and that's the host of the show. Instead of usually when you're when you're at a place, you meet the first person who brings you up and then you meet the other person who helps you set everything up and, and then your host. And so you meet a variety of people. And so by the end, you're really exhausted. But now I'm only seeing my host for the five minute segment and I get virtually, to virtually from home. Yes. And you can wear a, a nice shirt and your pajama bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. But it is nice to not have to travel. And I am kind of afraid of flying with all that's happening. So I appreciate that there is this opportunity to do virtual segments. Yeah. So it's been really fun doing virtual segments. And then also we got to focus on things like a podcast tour, which we were planning on doing anyway, but we got to focus a little bit more on it and um, creating content for our own audiences around this. We shared a few recipes from our book on our blog. So if you know any friends or family who maybe aren't ready for a full cookbook, but want to you know, try a recipe or two, we can link those in the show notes in case you want to, you know, share those with friends. Those are great resources. We created some recipe videos and lots of other content surrounding the book. Also, we really love that everybody has been taking photos with our book. So please keep those coming. Show the book in a photo on Instagram or on Facebook and make sure to tag us so that we can reshare them. They're making us so happy. And it's getting the word out. And we're just so appreciative. It is true. Since we weren't able to go on an in-person book tour and do a lot of the things we were planning on doing initially as like sort of a big marketing push to share our book with the world, we're leaning so much more on those of you who love it, sharing it and supporting it. And I can't even tell you how much it warms our hearts every time one of you has written us or left a review on Amazon for our books, which by the way, is I'd say the number one way you can support an author is to leave a review on Amazon and Goodreads as well. If you're a, if you're a book lover and you use Goodreads, leaving a review there can be so helpful. Those mean the world to us and we read every single one. So positive or negative, we're seeing that and it's making our day mostly, <laughs> breaking our day a little bit, but mostly making our day. So thank you. We hope you all enjoyed this insight on what it's been like for us for the past years, writing this book, having everything to come together and and being part of our launch. We really appreciate all your support and just are incredibly grateful for 
everything that you all do for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to stay tuned to some fun stuff that we've got going on relating to the Friendly Vegan Cookbook and different giveaways that we'll be doing and whatever all else we haven't even decided yet. Sometimes we'll do cooking demos, webinars, things like that. You can head over to friendlyvegancookbook.com. You can find a link to get the book there. If you'd like to get a copy for yourself, for your friends, for your family, for the holidays, we hope you do. And it is also available on amazon.com or anywhere books are sold. We love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Wishing you the friendliest of vegan food. (laughs) All the delicious food. Can't wait to see your pictures and anything you feel like sending us. We love you. And... Have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye.